Jambo. Jambo. That is Swahili. My name is Joseph and uh, I'm a pastor in Mombasa, Kenya. I grew up in Mombasa and while growing up it's a uh, very predominantly Muslim. So I was I grew up in that religion. And uh, I didn't want to be just a Muslim. I want to be I wanted to be a Muslim for real. So I had questions that I wanted to know about that religion. I went to my my teacher who was my ustad, they call him ustad, the boss. I needed to inquire about some information and uh, he was never able to give me the the answers. Uh, there were some concerns that I had for that religion that were not being answered properly. So it made me start to inquire more and uh, I felt like I was being uh, cheated somehow. I was being they had taken some bitterness and put them and colored them in a, with, the, with some sugar on top so that I could think there is something good and yet there's nothing. So that's how I came to the Lord. Uh, some of the main concerns that were very much in my life were like, um, one of the things that was really eating me up was, if I want to pray, and I want to pray earlier than the expected time. Uh, can that prayer be valid? And the Ustad said, no. So I asked him, uh, does that mean that God goes to some place else? And then comes to listen to our prayers at a certain period of time? So he said, no, I didn't say that. I said, that's what you say. So we kind of had an argument. He referred me to the imam who is his boss. And before my question was answered by that imam, actually the imam died before he delivered my answer. So I felt kind of, you know, I had so many other questions. I cannot tell you now, but it's so interesting how I came to the Lord. And there is a song that says Amazing Grace. Uh, that, uh, that, that was me. It was me that was saved by that grace. And I want to thank God for his salvation. I want to thank God for what he's doing in my life and for enabling me to just to know him and to yearn to know him better. That's what I try to do. Because he's, he's, he's been my Lord for the last many years. I've been pastoring for the last 22 years and I thank God for that. And it's also the edge of me being with my wife, Mercy, for that period of time. We have three children. Uh, my firstborn is Antoinette. She is uh, 17 years. Secondborn is Linda. She is 13 years old. And uh, the lastborn is Emmanuel. He is 8 and that's about my family. So I'm so grateful to be here with you today. I bring, I bring greetings 
from Kenya, from the saints in Kenya, East Africa, specifically from our church at Maria Khan. I spoke to them at about four uh, before they, 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 they closed the, the service of our prayer. And uh, they told me to say hello to you. I am so happy for this church. They have really made me feel at home. I've been uh, increasing my weight every day. <laughs> because of the, the food and the good things that you are doing to me. And I'm so happy for you. I love El Paso. I love Coronado. And uh, you really make me feel at home. Thank you very much and God bless you. I want to thank you for ministering with us in Kenya, for sending people, ministers like Pastor Sam and uh, the elders who were able to come this year. We had a great experience together and that's a wonderful thing. Thank you for supporting the Lighthouse and uh, thank you for supporting our church. There are people here who have really supported our church and our ministry. I really thank you for, for that. I just want to say that uh, when I see the strong stand that you have for the, for the things of God and your, uh, your commitment to the Lord makes it obvious that Jesus is moving and preparing its church before his second coming. Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to know that even though we function and serve God in different places, different continents, cultures, we are a testimony to the fact that God is indeed gathering unto himself those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And these worshippers will come from every tribe, tongue, and nation. When I look at your music, I feel so blessed. Such a wonderful music. And uh, I was saying that I will ask Pastor Mike to bring some of these musicians with such great instruments to be able to, to do it in our church. Because in our church we do use guitar and keyboard and that's all. And we think that we have everything. We just came to realize we do not. So, I don't even know the names of those stuff which are played there. I don't even know what they are called, but, but they have very good music. I, I really enjoy that. I'm so thankful, and uh, I just want to say that I want to share with you from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. And the thing I will be talking about is what Paul said, and again I say, rejoice. I do not know about you or whether it has happened to you, but this has happened to me. Not once, but many times. The one time you feel like the so good, something takes you to you, uh, it takes you very high and then it ends very bad. Have you ever been had something that took you to the peak of Mount Kilimanjaro, that's the highest peak in Africa. And then at the end of the day, it took you very much down to the Lake Victoria. 
For, for some of us, it might have been a dating relationship that began with a great promise, but ended in heartache. For others, it might have been a job that looked very, uh, it had a great potential, but it did lead us to nowhere. For others, it might have been friendships, marriages, children, living arrangements, the list could go on and on. But I trust that you get the idea. Without question, we all have things in our lives that make that have made, that have begun well, only to finish so poorly. Things that one point in time brought great happiness, but have since left us saddened and hurt. Ever since the fall of man, this has been true for all mankind. Think back to the time shortly after Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. It was time in which they started to reproduce and multiply. Try to imagine the awe and wonder of this first couple as they watched their first son come into the world. Try to feel the emotion of this event and the others that followed. No doubt there was enormous potential there. But the couple soon were brought so down by the killing of Abel. One can only imagine the grief that was brought unto this, unto by this event. Brothers and sisters, we live in a fallen world in which great sorrow has the potential to flow freely into even the most promising circumstances. We live in a world in which our circumstances and the emotions that go with them seem to agree and flow like a tide. As a result, many of us find ourselves worn out and depressed. Like the, like the world, we start to live as those who are without hope and without joy. This is not why Jesus Christ came into the world, lived a perfect life, suffered and died on the cross, rose from the grave, on the third day, and promised to come back in the not too distant future to establish his eternal kingdom. He didn't do all that so that those who, who call themselves his followers might walk around living in a state of gloom and despair. And nowhere is this more clearly explained than in the book of Philippians. For it's here that the Apostle Paul makes it very clear his joy in an attempt to encourage the Philippians to demonstrate theirs. This was a pastor who had been put to chains. He was in prison, yet he had the joy of the Lord. And he was encouraging people that were not in jail to have the joy of the Lord. When we look about, when we read about Paul, he had life that had no good news when you look at some of the events that took place in his life. It is in Acts chapter 14, verse 19 to 20, that says, Paul was stoned and dragged out of the city of Lystra and left to die. It is in the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 11 to 40, which says, He was beaten and thrown unto the prison cell in Philippi. It is in Acts chapter 21, verse 27 to 32, that says, Paul was savagely beaten in Jerusalem. There were times he was beaten, but still he would go up 
the following day, not even another week, and speak the good news of Christ. Because he knew that what he was doing. And that is why, when I look in the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 3, Paul pens these words down. He says in verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. In verse 4 he says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 25, Paul says, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 17 to 18, it says, But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In verse 18, he says, So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. All of these verses lead us to the text that we will be looking at today. So if you haven't already opened up your Bibles to the book of Philippians, go ahead and do that with me now. The book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. The scripture says, Father, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out, verse 2, for the dogs, for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. Verse 3 says, For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. There is a command. It is in the opening lines of verse 1. The word says, Father, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Paul is not asking them to rejoice. He is commanding them to rejoice. That word, Father, in Swahili, is a command. It is not a request. It is a command that we are supposed to rejoice because we have the Lord in our lives. When you look at some of the things I was talking about, the circumstances, the things which can make us happy now, they make us sad tomorrow. Those are the very short-lasting things which do not have life. But when you have Christ, the Bible says, Father, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And if you, are, you know Christ Jesus in, in your life, you need to rejoice in Him. Amen. We need to rejoice because we have the Lord in our lives. Sometimes we want to, to rejoice because of stuff, things. With the world that is moving very fast today, we do lots of stuff trying to find joy in things. But sometimes we are very much disappointed by those things because they don't last for long. But the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord. Amen. If you go out of this place this morning and you don't know anything that I said, because I know my Swahili is kind of, my English is not very clear with you Americans, don't worry, go and tell everybody that I told you to rejoice. That's what I'm trying to talk about. You know, there is a, a repetition in this first uh, verse that Paul is writing about. He says, 
it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And the very first scriptures he had written about rejoicing, now he's saying rejoice, and when you read in chapter 4 verse 4, he says rejoice in the Lord always. No matter the circumstances, we need to rejoice. Amen. Because the circumstances are just but for a short while, but the Lord is forever. And if we have the Lord in our lives, we need to rejoice because we have the Lord. I normally encourage people to read the scriptures. And sometimes I, I encourage them to write down the scriptures as if they are photocopying them because I want that information to get back into their memory jungle so they can keep remembering what they read about. Repetition and reinforcement is essential to, a, to student learning. And so when we learn, Paul was trying to be a good teacher. He was trying to remind these people that they are supposed to rejoice. Not because of what they have, but because of the one they have believed unto. Having established our need to be mindful... It's good for us to be mindful. Remember, know why we are rejoicing. What is the reason for our rejoicing? It's our time that we need to look at the second essential, which can be able to bring us to the rejoicing in the Lord. And this is to be watchful. That is found in verse 2. The Bible says, watch out for, for those dogs, those evildoers. Those mutilators of the flesh. Now, Paul is not talking about watching out for the dogs that you have. He's not talking about those dogs, those pets, those whatever. He's talking about people. That's how much serious he was. He referred to human beings as dogs. In this passage, Paul was going after people who tried to add works to make salvation meaningful. Paul makes it perfectly clear that they needed to be on their guard about those people. For there were people who came from within and the other people came from without and they had an agenda. Their name were called the Judaizers. They wanted to tell people that, you know, for you to get saved properly, yes, you need to have Jesus, but then you also need to, to be circumcised. You need to add works unto faith to make it, it, it more meaningful. And Paul said, no. In uh, Galatians chapter, eight, uh, chapter 1 verse 8, Paul says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. In Greek he says, anathema. I remember when I was a Muslim. We learned about to die for God. Fight for God. Try to do this or that for God. Everything you are doing for God. If somebody said anything about Allah, we were supposed to take stones and get ready for, for a fight. Why? Because we are fighting for God. It is in Christ that I came to realize our God does not need us to fight for him. Any attempt to make salvation faith 
Salvation, faith plus anything else is an abomination. And that's what exactly what these people are trying to do. They are trying to make salvation plus something. And that cannot bring the joy in our lives because when you fail to perform something, you, you, you feel like I have not done it. One of the reasons these people wake up very early in the morning, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that there, there are no mosques in El Paso. I didn't see any, maybe they are somewhere hidden. But in our country and the, wherever, where I am, they make noise every morning. The reason why they go is not because they love God. It's because they are serving the laws. It is because they are trying to please their God. It is because they are trying to fulfill certain things in their lives. But I want to say this. It is not good for us to try to add anything unto faith to make our salvation meaningful. Salvation is attained by faith alone in Christ Jesus. It is faith alone. When you see the, the ISIS people killing one another, the reason they are doing that is because they are pleasing their whatever. They are doing that to feel good. They are trying to buy, purchase their salvation. Our salvation was purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, he shed his precious blood so that we can believe in him and be able to have that life eternal. Amen. Paul was saying to the Philippians, watch out to, for these guys. Paul was very much concerned about the church and the well-being of the church and the faith in the church. That's why in, in chapter 20 of, uh, of Acts chapter 20, he calls the elders of Ephesus and he tells them that I know that I do not know whether I will be able to come back to you again, but I know that when I am away, people will come from within, and the others will come from without, who will teach stuff that are not good. But he said, but God, Jesus Christ, bought his church by his own blood. So we need to watch out for these people. In my country... We have people who preach Jesus Christ, but then you have to do something else to make your salvation meaningful. Sometimes they sell stuff, you have to buy those stuff, like in a Catholic church, you have to buy indulgences, buy this and buy that, and do this and do that, which is not good. We're supposed to believe in Christ and be, make sure that we are not living by works. We are not being saved by works, but we are living in Christ because we believe in Him as our Lord and Savior. Paul calls these people mutilators. The word to mutilate in Greek, it means katatom, which means to cut into pieces. While circumcision, it means peritom, which means to cut around. And that makes the difference between circumcision and mutilation. So it's good for us to know that there's, no, there's nothing we can do to please. We can, we can do nothing to earn our salvation. We cannot earn our salvation by doing something. We are supposed to believe in Christ who did everything for us. And I believe that 
Sometimes I say, salvation is total surrender. You go before the Lord and you say, God, I am nothing. I have nothing. I'm useless and you are everything. And then when he comes in you, he lives in you. He lifts you up and moves you around so that you are not led by your flesh, but by the Spirit of God. Uh, the other thing that I would like to talk about, that's, that's my last thing, is being truthful. If we follow along in verse 3, the Bible says, For it's we who are the circumcision, who, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. It is here that Paul lets, lets us know the makeup of a true believer. Because only a true believer can rejoice in the Lord. Having just revealed the counterfeit, the counterfeit faith of Judaizers, Paul seeks to reveal the character of those who have been circumcised in their hearts. As we will see, it is a radically different picture than that of the Judaizers. The church is full of people who show up on Sunday morning. And yet it pains me to say, the church is not full of those who serve God by His Spirit. There should be days in which you burst out in song. Days in which you are just overwhelmed by gratitude over God's grace and mercy. Whether it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, you need to live by the Spirit of God. I'm supposed to live by the Spirit of God. Whether I'm living in this town or another town, I'm supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. There's a lady whom I know, she'll go to church on Sunday morning, come back in the evening, and took her Bible and put it on the, on the shelf and say, Goodbye God, see you next Saturday. Because on Saturday she'll go back, take her Bible, dust it up, get ready to have God the following Sunday. That is not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that there is a difference between the evildoers, between the people who are trying to please God by their works, and the people whom God has put His Spirit in them, who are being led by the Spirit. True believers have God given desire to know, to know Him better and serve Him. If God's Spirit is residing in you, you should hunger to know God. There should be days in which you burst out in, in, in song. True believers love God. And thus they seek to walk in obedience to His will. In John chapter 14 verse 15, the Bible says, If you love me, keep my commands. As I, I, I wound up this morning, I would like to tell you something. I don't know about here, but I know about something in my country that I'm supposed to be living for God and to yearn to serve Him. And I'm not supposed to be pushed around and being told that, you know, let us go to do this because the Spirit should remind me to do the will of God in my life. If I'm seated by somebody whom I don't know their names, please ask them your, uh, their names and tell them about Jesus Christ. If it's in the bus, tell them about Jesus Christ. If it's in the 
aeroplane, whatever, make sure that you share Christ. Because we are supposed to live and being led by the Spirit. Last year when I was flying from here to back to Kenya, I went through Takenda. I sat with this liberal lady who came from California. And so, I tell her, my name is Joseph, I'm a Christian. What's your name? And she said, her name, and she said, I'm, I'm a liberal person. And I don't want to hear from you. And I said, oh yes, you are going to hear from you because God put you here with a purpose. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make sure that before this plane lands down, it's about eight hours and some and more, I will make sure that I empty myself because we don't have to waste time, my brothers and sisters. God has given us this time to live so we can make sure that we, through His Spirit, we can serve Him. And when you look at the life of Paul, he was serving him. He was not afraid of anything. He was enthusiastic. He was, he was happy. He was passionate. He was zealous. He was, he was moved. He didn't care about what the people were saying about anything. He was like, I have to do the will of God. Because when, the, when, the, when night comes, I will not do it. And so, it is our day to work, my friends. Work through the Spirit of God. If God sends you to go, please go. If He tells you to speak to somebody, please do it. Do not be afraid about anything. Serve God. Because He is good. He is the only one who will spend eternity with us. We will not spend eternity with any other thing here. We will spend eternity with our God. Amen. And so, if He has promised us that, then we need to feel that passion. I would like to take a lot of your time. But let me tell you, in our country, women talk a lot. Pa, 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 pa. I don't know about here. But, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but God has given them gifts. Because of that talking, talking a lot. They can transform that talking into evangelism. Because they can just sit down and talk about nothing. And talk about nothing. And, and just talk, 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 talk. Now, if God transforms that talking, and then you just be like, Oh, I'm a believer in Christ Jesus. I love Jesus Christ. Would you want to hear more about Jesus Christ? You know, that one will be so much good. So let us use what we have to, to serve our God. May the Spirit of God lead you so that you can know how to live for Him, and not just to be pushed by a certain regulation and law, but because you love Him. My question is this. Do you love God? Do you seek to keep His commands, commandments? Are His commandments burdensome to you, or do you delight in them? Do you spend a lot of time wanting to learn more about Christ? In Kenya, you have saloons, and women go there to make their hair good. So they go and sit there for three hours, three, four hours, doing nothing. They stay there doing nothing, but somebody is working on their hair. Four hours. Four hours. Working on something that has no life. It will just for a while. Do we spend much time trying to Spend time with our God. 
to appreciate his goodness in our lives, to want to live for him more, to love him more every day. Do we do that? Or are we so much distracted by things? And so that way we don't have the, the, the joy that we need to have it. Do you live in the presence of God every day? These are difficult questions. And yet they are questions that must be asked. They are questions that are essential to our rejoicing in the Lord. Because they are questions that will determine where we will spend our eternity. Joy awaits those who serve God by His Spirit. Joy awaits those who have received the Lord. It's only in Christ that we can all have joy together despite the circumstances. It is in Christ. My prayer for you this morning is to look for Jesus Christ to find joy. Best joy, long-lasting joy will come through Jesus Christ alone. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you this morning for the time that we have been together and for the message that you have given unto me to share to your people, Lord. I pray that your power may change our lives, that we can quit from focusing on the things of this world more, but we, but we, that, that, but we can come to you and look upon you, Lord, for you are the one who gives permanent joy. And as Paul says that we rejoice, Lord, I pray that you give our lives joy. The joy that is not of this world. The joy that is for eternal. I pray for your people, Lord, women and men, that you bless them. They may be going through difficult times, but Lord, you have promised to give us joy even during those circumstances. I pray that you help them, take care of them, protect them, Lord, that they can keep trusting you in you even during these difficult times. Thank you for your blessings. And thank you for Pastor Mike, for Pastor Sam and Pastor Eric and all the servants that are working in this ministry. Keep blessing them each and every day, Lord. In Jesus' name I do pray and believe. Amen. 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 Thank you.